Hey, dear, welcome to the 70s. We're in Woo! color now. Woo! You did it. You made it to the 70s. Out of the 60s and into the 70s, as they say. What were the, what were uh, the hip things uh, people said? Uh, keep on, keep on stepping. Uh, let's blow this taco stand. Peace out, home fry. Oh boy. Hell yeah, Vietnam. What's your 20? Uh, Aw, drugs. Suki, suki. Uh, lots of racist stuff. Confab. Groovy? Groovy? Groovy. Yeah, groovy. Groovy? Mm hmm. Spearhead from Space. Mm -hmm. Our first episode in the 70s. What is it about, dear? Spearheads. They're from space. Oh! Yeah. It's it's really, really interesting. Sadly, the episode's lost. What? What? It's lost. We lost the entire episode, so I I lost all my notes, and Doctor Who lost the episode, and all of the recordings are gone somehow. Oh no. What? So anyway, we're in color, um, and there's intro music, and it's weirdly long, and we see Earth and some people in a radio tower, and a man calls, says, hey, surgeon, and then a woman comes in to check on him, and they're like, it's nothing. Meanwhile, a man is planting something, and something falls from the sky and explodes. It, it's in Sector Ooh. 5. It was a shape. The farmer uncovers... The thing, and it's glowing, and it's weird, so he reburies it. Radar dude really thinks it has to be meteorites, and then the TARDIS swoops in. And the doctor just falls face and first into some flower flowers? Oh my god, I have hiccups. Why? Um, as well as a woman in a car is being driven around. Uh, uh, the brigadier is walking around and talks to the original woman about some stuff. She's a researcher of meteorites and many other things. And he looks at things that are weird and alien and stuff, and she's like, those aren't real. And there's some stuff that landed nearby but didn't burn up in the atmosphere. And meanwhile, Ray burning. at the hospital, they found the doctor outside of the police box unconscious. Uh, the lady, though, previously doesn't understand why aliens are only just now showing up, and he's being alarmist. The brigadier talks about the doctor for a bit, and then gets a call about the doctor fucking instantly, right after mentioning him. And then they pull up an x-ray of the doctor's check, and he's like, oh, that he has two hearts? That's weird. And this is a prank. And then the medical doctor's beeper goes off, and he goes to make a phone call to someone, because that's how beepers work, kids. And someone thinks he's playing a prank, too, with that blood test he got sent. Uh, the janitor is listening to the entire conversation. It's like, hmm. And then goes also makes a phone call to the news, and he's like, hey, get over here. The original farmer is digging again and puts the meteorite he found in a bag and hides it from nearby military. And the doctor is trying to get his shoes and get out of bed and they're like, what? Oh, he's unconscious again. Um, the press is now apparently at the hospital asking questions to the brigadier and the lady. And there's an order to keep everyone away from the doctor except the brigadier. No one seems to know what's wrong with them or why he has two hearts. That's strange. 
Um, the Brig apparently doesn't know who he is because his face has changed, but then the doctor's like, hey, I know you. And he's like, what? Doctor is sad his face changed so much and he's upset with how he looks and he's like, oh, it's not that bad. Then he passes out again and everyone's like, what? And we need to move to the doctor and continue looking for meteors. Uh, but the doctor actually isn't asleep uh, and all the press are in the main room talking about cover-ups. And then there's this really weird person in the phone booth. I later call him phone booth. And the man in there isn't on the phone. He's just kind of staring into space before leaving. Meanwhile, the military found the farmer who tries to sell them rabbits as a cover-up, and they're like, okay, well, just go away. And the doctor is trying to find his shoes. Then the medical doctor tries to talk to him, and he just wants to sleep. And he's apparently supposedly having a, like a, ha- a panic attack or something. And so he gives them his shoes, and he snuggles up with them like a little baby. And apparently well, the TARDIS... For his shoes. Yes, the TARDIS key was in his shoes. But then two men walk in and knock out the medical doctor, uh, tape the normal doctor's mouth shut, and wheel him away. The doctor tries to escape, and the wheelchair, like, basically rolls down the ramp, and it's a fun, loopy, silly chase scene where he's wheelchairing away. Ha he hoo hoo And then he tries to get to the TARDIS, and he gets shot. Oh. Anyway, on to well. the fourth doctor. Oh, already? But the third mm. Doctor's barely started. Yep. Anyway, that was the episode. <sighs> so. Spearhead from space. Um, Why fun are the fact, credits long? Uh, so, due to a technician strike at the BBC Television Centre, this story was sh- entirely shot on film and on location. Uh, other than the 1996 TV movie, this is the only Doctor Who story to be shot completely on film. Uh, the the new series uh, is shot on videotape and just is mastered to look like film, um, which is why there's extra credits, and it's also why this was the first classic episode to be put out on Blu-ray, because it was easier for them. They didn't actually need to do much. They just need to find the original film and go from there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why the credits are longer because they have to include a whole heap more credits than normal um it's not that exciting i know um doctor who and uh uh strikes tend to happen quite a bit mm. um strikes around the bbc uh it's a lot a lot, lot happens um anyway uh f- another another fun fact when the doctor uh, we'll talk about the the doctor taking a shower Mm-hmm. Um, because it happens in the episode two, but I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it a little bit now. Um, he, when he's having the shower, I don't know if you noticed, but you can actually see John Pertwee's tattoo in it. No. Um, he has a tattoo on his arm, and uh, it was from his days as a sailor, I believe, in the navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they they kind of just ignore it in this because it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Um. There's a reason why they had the shower thing to begin with, which I'll get into when we finish the next episode. But, um, uh, they were just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, <laughs> canonically, <laughs> in-universe, uh, they've jokingly given it a reason as to why he has the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, an extended universe story decided, actually, the Time Lords put it there as, like, a mark that he's a criminal. 
Um, so, so it's uh-huh. like a, a fun little, like, okay, why don't we actually come up with, like, an in-universe explanation for why he has a tattoo? <laughs> it's, it's cute. Um, anyway, what happens in the next episode, dear? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the brig finds the doctor, he's not dead. He's just really, really, really unconscious. Because the bullet only grazed him. He's in a shock or a self-induced coma. They don't know. But they also took the TARDIS key from him. And the TARDIS is being taken to headquarters. The military found a piece of the meteorite and talks about the weird guy in the phone booth. And then we see baby dolls being made. It's weird. Hell yeah. And two people walking through the uh, factory. Uh, Some things have been changing around here and the guy's office got moved. Also, creepy phone booth is following him. He apparently yeah. made the original doll, but instead of being partner, was fired, and he isn't allowed to get his equipment from his his equipment from the office. Don't go in there. Um, the businessman is holding his neck weirdly, and phone booth walks in, and so doll guy just walks out, and the tension's really weird. But then doll guy considers heading into his office while phone booth watches, and then he just kind of leaves. Um, lazy, and lady. Lady and Brig are hanging out doing something. Do you mean Lazy or Liz? No, I said Lazy because I typoed it. Oh, so you were being Lazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The meteor isn't one... It it, it, it isn't a meteor. It was manufactured. (laughs) And she's upset he believes in the doctor. Phone booth tells businessmen to just keep running the factory. It seems weird. Energy units or something. Energy is alive. Uh, the farmer is dealing with his unit in a chest and it's beeping. And a store mannequin nearby is listening in. Farmer just sort of hides the core for the moment. Hiding it from his wife. And they have a whole like, oh, just go make me supper sort of shit. Um... A general is here to talk to you. Yes. The brig and the lady, and she's being sassy. The general's like, what? A police box? Ha ha ha. It's actually a spaceship. What? And meanwhile, the doctor is trying to find his clothing, takes a shower. A man walks in in a magician's cape, and the doctor's singing. Then the two men leave. He steals their clothes. Uh, The military are digging up other power sources, and a mannequin then goes after them. The doctor is now a magician with the fedora, and he tries to sneak away. The medical doctor realizes that the doctor is gone, and he steals rich man's car in the parking lot. Brigadier and Lady are still doing science and talk about how the doctor can't leave without the TARDIS. However, the TARDIS key doesn't seem to work. The military <gasps> is taking the meteorite back to the lab, and the Macy's summer sale man runs into the middle of the road and stops it. Nearby, we see a bunch of them in a room... With phone booth dude and he's a general is apparently going to meet phone booth <sighs> the doctor is pulled up to the lab and he's like i want to see brig and the guard's like oh okay and the doctor watch doctors watch homes and on the tardis apparently that's how he found them and he's like can i have the key and they're like no they talk about the new face he's like oh hello lady who are you and then they look at the meteorite and he's like mm, no polymer change what's inside of it if the doctor helps them, he gets the key. Her name is Liz. Uh, Doll- Dollmaker is sneaking his way into the factory again. 
and General is looking at the mannequins for some reason, and then the doll maker is sneaking around, breaks into his own office, and his office is the weird mannequin room, but then suddenly a mannequin goes after him and he gets scared. And that's the episode. Oh no. I'm so scared. Why the shower? Oh. Uh, so the shower scene happened because the house that the BBC had rented to shoot in had a, an amazingly old-fashioned shower that you could notice. Um, and everyone was so, like, dumbfounded by it, by, like, how weird it was that it was just such an old-fashioned shower that they decided, fuck it, we we have to use It's too good not to use it in a scene. So they altered a scene, so basically they would have a scene where the Doctor was in the shower. Um, uh, yeah, which is why. It's essentially, they were like, hey, this is a really cool shower. Do we want to just make a scene with the shower? <laughs> Sounds like you're uh, not. You didn't think that fact just, was very funny. Just what? Keep keep talking. God damn it. Oh oh okay okay. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So despite the fact that I said that it's the seventies now, technically, um, this was filmed during the sixties and uh, was, I believe, aired in the end of 1969 and just crossed over to 1970. Oh, so we landed on the moon. Nice. Oh, actually, no. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The 3rd of January was when it broadcast, so it was Mm. 1970, but it was filmed in 69, so technically this is still the 60s. Um, But yes, we had landed on the moon finally. Well, Mm -hmm. the Americans had. Um, And don't worry, that comes up in Doctor Who. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> what happens in the next... Actually, you know what? I will give you one more fun fact before we go, because we, we do have other things. Um, the gag when the Doctor act- accidentally activates the windscreen wipers whilst trying to start the car was completely ad-libbed by John Pertwee. It wasn't, mm. He wasn't meant to do that. <laughs> I don't know if it was like an accident, like uh-huh. he didn't mean to do it, or if he just thought, hey, I may as well just do this, because it'll be just fun. Just push buttons. What happens... What happens in the next episode? He tries to run away, and it pulls a gun out of its hand and kills. tries to kill him. He runs faster. Suddenly, the general is walking past, and Fothbooth looks up to the mannequin, and he walks himself back to the office. The general car is, car is waiting for him, apparently, but they're making a model of the general, and we'll send it over. A dollmaker is still scared and runs away. Phone booth talks about how he knows he was here. It's his brain print that they found. <sighs> Dollmaker is still scared. So they send a mannequin after him, but Dollmaker collapses in a field and then he's in shock in the army tent. The doctor and oh, Liz yeah. are doing more science. The doctor calls everything in here primitive, talk about how the TARDIS is big inside. She's like, uh-huh, sure, bro. And she goes and gets the key from the brigadier so they can get the stuff inside the TARDIS to help. Farmer is shoved into the military tent. He asks for a reward and they're like, what the fuck do you mean? You mean you found something? Dollmaker is talking about the stuff he saw. There's weird plastic faces. Liz decides uh, just steal the TARDIS key from the brigadier. And that's a thing. And it take- and she takes it back to the doctor. Uh, the TARDIS door has... <laughs> Yep. A metabolism yep. detector. Yep. And then the brig yeah, comes in and goes, where's the thing? And the TARDIS tries to take off, but it's apparently not working. And Liz is like, you tricked me. That's mean. 
And he's tied to one planet in time right now, so he's allowed to keep the key. He can't go anywhere. He's got to figure out the dematerialization code. Farmer's no. wife has found the, the core. The doll maker is talking about more stuff. And then it beeps and they're like, oh, that's where it is. Farmer's trying to make money over it still. The mannequins are sent over to get the core. And there's a scene where a dog is barking. Bark, bark, Totally bark, a dog. Bark, 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 A very bark, real bark, dog. Bark, 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 Much like bark. how Gam is Definitely doing. Definitely not. Definitely not someone off camera just going, arf, 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 Definitely not. Uh, the dog dies, though, so... Mm. Yes. Um, and... Well, good thing it wasn't a real dog, then. <laughs> right? And then there's weird breaking sounds in the wife's house, and she's like, okay, what are you doing in my house? And she's like, oh, no, that's scary. Runs away, grabs her shotgun. It does nothing. She's dead now. Uh, but they don't know where the core is so they keep looking around until they find it in the shed but then the Yay. doctor and etc get to the farmer's house and shoot the mannequin a bunch but it recalls what? back to oh. phone booth who is having a whole moment and we find out the lady's actually okay and the doctor's looking at the core meanwhile the mannequins go after the doll maker and they kill him this leaves then leaves and then the crew finds out they uh all heads to the plastic factory, and phone booth is staring at Brigadier behind glass, creepily. <laughs> and the doctor and then he walks backwards slowly. <laughs> yes, and they ask about things about the other businessmen, just like ah fuck that guy, whatever. The doctor is doing tests on the core for a bit and goes, "It's smart," and kind of. And a call comes in from the brig general and to the brig from the general and talks to him about weird things happening here. And the general's ready to go to the factory to figure it out. But then the copy general is at the door. And you can tell he's a copy because he has a hat on. That's the episode. Yep. Well, also he has a shit ton of Vaseline rubbed on his face. Yes. So, um, you know when you were, when, when uh, the Doctor and Liz were in uh, Madame Tussauds and you kind of laughed a little bit at Liz jumping at getting scared and stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, the actress was actually very creeped out at, at filming the scene in there in the darkness. Uh, her panicked reactions were not entirely acting. Part of it was the, like, because it's these fucking, like, especially when you're doing a, an episode about mannequins that come to life, it's, <laughs> like, fucking terrifying to be in, like, a place like that in the dark. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, uh, yes, the mannequins, as Deer hasn't mentioned, they're called Autons. Uh, welcome to the Autons, Deer. Uh, mm -hmm. Fun fact, uh, the director initially wanted to film a scene of the Autons smashing through a shop window, but budget reasons they couldn't, unfortunately. Uh, on the DVD commentary, the director remarked that he desperately wanted to show the Autons breaking the glass, but the BBC wouldn't allow it. Russell T. Davies, uh, showrunner of the new season when it first came back, uh, ensured that this was rectified in the very first episode, uh, Rose, which also featured the Autons, if you remember. Mm, no, but continue talking. You don't remember the first episode? No. Really? Really. But you like him. Yes, I know. I have a bad memory, you know this. Oh, that's true, you don't remember anything. Yes, um, I know, thank you for rubbing it in. <laughs> rubbing what in? 
What were we saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Keep giving me facts um, so I can finish this fucking episode. Okay, this serial is also the first time that it's established that the Doctor has two hearts, which has created a little bit of confusion at the time, because uh, it was kind of implied that he only had one heart um, when uh, the series, the first Doctor, a few episodes in there where it stated he only had one heart, so it's like, two hearts? Oh, what's going on here? Um, mm-hmm. But this is where a lot of things started. Um, but yeah, this... Uh, Such as the metabolism detector? Yes. Mm. Hey, metabolism detector is an important thing. You should have one in your home. Everyone should have a metabolism detector. Honestly. I do. It's called when my pantry is empty. (laughs) That's not what the metabolism detector is used for, dear. Mm Mm-hmm. You're using it incorrectly. An okay. incorrect use of a metabolism detector. It's my metabolism de- 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 detector. I'll do what I want with it. Okay, whatever. Fucking whatever. Anyway, this is also the last episode uh, that uh, the director directed on uh, Doctor Who. Because he wanted to distance himself from the program. Uh, he didn't He didn't want to do it anymore. He, he wasn't a fan of it. Um, mm. Don't know why. <laughs> anyway. What happens in the final episode, too? The Doctor and Liz are trying to talk to the court. Doesn't go well. It's part of a brain. It's talking to the rest of itself, and it's one entity, though. And the Plastic General calls in and goes, uh, this is off-limits, by the way. Haha, get fucked. Don't come here. To the brig. And the Doctor learns about the General's replica, and he's like, oh, that's worrisome. And then they're in a waxworks museum, but also it's apparently plastic. And they're all government types, no one really famous, so that's something. But then we see the general here too, and we find out that his watch is wound, and it's weird. Like, why would you put a perfectly round, wound, wounded watch? Wound, 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 a well, wounded watch. I can't. Wound the wash. So now they just hide and wait till it closes. Phone booth is next to a microwave, doing a thing, uh, making the perfect life form. The Doctor and Liz, wandering around the figures after closing, and look at the people around here. They hide a bit when Phone Booth walks in, and he goes, I sense aliens here, and then they leave. And a bunch of models walk off and begin to take their places around the world, and everyone leaves. And the Doctor comes out of hiding and runs into (laughs) Businessman, and the Doctor tries to break the mind control on Businessman, and he's like, "Mm, maybe... And then they're going to take over the country, and they put some more intelligence orbs under the hairdryer. It starts beeping before it gets into the other <laughs> bigger intelligence box. More intelligence orbs <laughs> under the hair- Do you want to explain what the fuck that means? Nope. You mean the swarm leader orb that they've been chasing the entire time they put in the machine that they've been collating them all in? No, the intelligence orb underneath the hairdryer. It does kind of look a bit like a hairdryer, I guess. <sighs> anyway, um, where was I? Fuck. 
so it starts in t- it beeping inside the bigger intelligence box. And then the doctor and Liz are making a thing at like 5 a.m. And the mannequins in nearby stores start to take over the world. People are dying and shit. Businessman is trying to destroy the gross thing in the microwave. And then Bone Phone Booth tries to stop and he's like, no. No. You can't stop me. No. And the doctor is at the factory and the general shows up with the army and they're like, huh, that's weird. Meanwhile, the general gets killed, sort of. And then the gen- the real general uh, comes to in the museum and he's like, huh, why am I here? The doctor uses his cool device on more mannequins and the army is here to fight the others. The doctor has Whoa. found the butthole in the microwave and phone booth like Whoa. is like, this is my wife. This is everything to me. And... The army is apparently failing at killing them, so that sucks, but the doctor is ready to eliminate everything here. So, phone booth turns the switch on, and the perfect being is now alive, I guess, and Liz's machine isn't wanting to turn on, while the doctor is strangled by the butthole tentacles. And then they get the weapon working, and the doctor kills the butthole, and all the mannequins fall down. And the brig is like, I want your help again, but we have to talk terms and conditions, says the doctor. He wants a car, he wants clothing, he wants all these things. And he wants facilities to repair to the TARDIS, and Liz can come along too. Um, and he's like, okay, cool, but what's your name? And he's like, John. Dr. John Smith. And it's just like, okay. That's the episode. Oh, it's okay. It's all good. It's, it's all good. And that's it. And, and we've set the stage. We've set the stage, the Doctor is exiled on Earth. He can't use the TARDIS. What's he gonna do? Hang out with Unit. And have some fun with them. You might think, oh man, this Mm -hmm. this just means he's we're not gonna see many cool aliens or anything. It's like, nope, we're gonna see a ton of cool shit. Get ready for the coolest shit. Okay, I'm hyping you up too much. Get ready for some shit. Pretty good stuff. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Get ready for it. <laughs> Thanks. So, Spearhead from Space. Mm, what did five. you think? Oh, mm, it wasn't that five. bad. Say it was Fun bad. Fact, I said you, it was five. You you liked the li- you liked the previous one more than this. Because mm. you gave the the what the previous one. A seven. Yeah. Like I said, I would probably have rated that episode higher if it had not been ten fucking episodes long and there were just little things that annoyed me. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. If you want, we can go back and rate it fucking shorter or smaller, whatever the fuck. Less. Okay, we'll have to watch it again, though. You sure you want to watch it again? If I watch it again, it's going to get an even lower score. Oh, uh, well, well, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, uh, that is that is the good episode that is known as uh, Spearhead from Space. I, I I like it. It's a it's a it's a good one to introduce people to Doctor Who because um, it is essentially a reboot of everything. Because I mean that's how regenerations work. Um, uh, plus, it's short and also it's on Blu-ray, so it's easier to send to people. But anyway, mm. uh, next episode, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Uh, 
hey dear, how do you feel about stories about uh, indigenous land ownership? Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> Made by Britain? I, I'll be honest, it's a lot better than you think it is. I don't think it's going to be anything. To be fair, they come. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a lot better than you think it is. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm so we'll see you next time for Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yep. Why is it called Doctor Who and the Silurians? We'll get to it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Oh wait, you're not allowed to leave it. Get back here. Hang on. No, 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 no. Turn off your engine. Turn off your engine. When? Come out when of the does? Car. When does? Wind, the... wind down the window. Wind down the window. Is this gonna be done in time for the twenty first? Yes. Okay, well, there's going to be a movie podcast on the 21st, which is a Sunday. We're going to try this, because we kind of fucked up last month, and, like, a lot of stuff happened in a very quick succession. It was me. I fucked up. No, you didn't fuck up. We just had some schedule conflicts, and we didn't realize that, like, therapy and work and shopping and all these things and, like, COVID vaccines are a thing that take up time. Anyway, the 21st, we're going to try to watch a movie. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye, the movie, that's right, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Goodbye.